Welcome to the family and the Tom Bernard podcast with Hackmaster Ralph Basham, MD. Last chance summer dance, Catherine Brandt. And Andy Brent Bernard. Walked past a couple of people today and we said to each other, last shorts day. 81 degrees, <laughs> baby. That's great. Last shorts day. Last shorts day. Yeah, unfortunately, I think I know, it is. 81 today, 65, 48, 54, and then it goes. Uh, 65 is still shorts weather. Yeah, 65 is not Maybe bad. Maybe for you. 65 is not bad. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Doug, how are things going at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan? Well, we're in first and second place for the year in Minnesota. That's pretty impressive. What do you think the secret is? Well, clearly people like overpaid morning DJs that can't throw a first pitch over the plate. That hurt my feelings on so many levels. Sorry. Some people actually like these goofy ads, but there's a lot more to it. I think people really like the one-price upfront approach. They know they are being treated fairly. Yep. The free 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty doesn't hurt either. So what's going on this month? Well, inventory's finally getting better. We've got 75 Rogues and 25 Pathfinders available for delivery this month, and Nissan just came out with 1.9% for 36 months for people with good credit. The way interest rates are climbing these days, that's pretty darn good, Dougie. With all those Rogues and Pathfinders, free powertrain warranty, and low interest rate financing, no wonder Burnsville and Coon Rapids are setting records. We're like the Aaron Judge and Rob. Roger Maris of Nissan's. No, no, you're not. Oh, you know what well, happened to me? Bad if it's sunny. Yeah. yeah. You know what I did today? No, I have no clue. I go down to the men's room down at the other end of the hall. Oh, no. And I'm walking back with one of the attorneys that are right next door to us here, right? Mm-hmm. I'm walking there, and I see one of the guys going into the State Farm office. Yes. So as a joke, I go, get the hell away from that door. The guy looks back at me and runs away. Oh, what's that all about? So was he actually breaking in? It wasn't one of those guys. Maybe he just freaked him out. That's possible. Yeah, but why would he run away? Uh, Because he was freaked out. Big baby. Maybe he's got PTSD from being assaulted before. Yeah. You never know. Maybe he had a couple gummies this morning. Oh, that's a possibility. Could be. That's a possibility. So what's new? Everything good? Everything's fine. Fine, fine. It's nice nice to have the last day. I guess this is our indigenous summer. No, you're not allowed to say anything no. about that. You have to call it second summer. Mm. No, it's indigenous. Have we had a freeze? I can, say indi- I can say indigenous summer. No, I can say that. Why can't you say indigenous you? summer? Oh, I'm going to say it. Is that okay? If they're indigenous people, they're Who's indigenous. going to stop me? I don't know. 
I don't understand. We have I, not. I, wait, I think it did get below thirty-two very briefly. Yeah, very briefly. Did I? Did did you talk about um, Columbus Day? I mean, I, no, I mean, did you, did you know tongue. why we have a Columbus Day? Because in fourteen ninety-two, no, because we're Italian. Nope. Columbus for the Italian Americans. No. Nope. But yeah. Well, it exactly. Is about the but why? Americans. But why? Who knows? It's a it's a very good reason. It's um, because a president. What was it? Harris. Did we have a President Harrison? Yes, like, we did. A million years ago. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, a bunch of Italians, 17, were lynched, murdered mm -hmm. in, in the United States, and Columbus Day was uh, proclaimed to appease the Italian-American immigrants. That's why we have Columbus Day. And, and why, were they, why were they lynched? Because of prejudice. Because they were Italian. <laughs> no. They were I was in New Orleans. They were looked on as black. Italians? Oh, nice. Yeah, that's true. They were looked on as black. Yeah, they were. Because they had the dark skin and everything like that. And, and. Benjamin Harrison, yeah. Yep. And uh, Italy and Sicily has been invaded by so many countries from Africa so many times. Yeah, so it's true. just this, it's just, so they have this, a certain, a certain amount of black genetic heritage that is, and they hate, people hated them because they thought they were black. Okay. It's bizarre. Apparently they thought that the Italians murdered the police chief, David Hennessy. So someone killed the police chief. The Italians were acquitted of the the crime, and then a lynch mob decided they were guilty. Yeah, and so this this Columbus Day was a one day thing. Fifty years later, um, FDR labeled Italian Americans enemy aliens and interred them. Whoa! No. To quell outrage over their treatment, FDR reversed his decision and declared Columbus Day a national holiday. Uh. So that's why it was it's a political holiday. It isn't honoring, actually, Columbus. No. Because so I'm FDR did it just to be like, oh, I'm sorry for what I did? Yes. Oh. And now everybody wants it to be some other Italian-American day that they like. They don't like Columbus anymore. Apparently he was a rapist, murderer, mm -hmm. Slave owner. Slave owner. So, Spaghetti vendor day. So who would you, yeah, who would you, who would you have now? Who would be Frank a, Sinatra. Super Mario. Oh, Sinatra day. Frank Sinatra Day, what do you think? Except Mario already has a day, March 10th. He has March 10th is Mario Day? Mario think Kart? About it. Oh, March Mar 4th, I thought it was. Oh, yeah. I get go. it. Okay. I don't get it. March. March, Mar, E-O, 10. Looks like I-O. Oh, so Mario, I yeah. get it, okay. Mario Day. I just figured that yeah, out. Yeah, so I mean, but then they would fight. Who would they would be fighting nonstop about which Italian American would get exactly. the day? And all of them would be awful, and they would end up being like, like LeBron James. Is there an Italian? Was Mother Teresa Italian? <clears throat> I don't know what she was. Well, was I have she? no idea. Yeah, I feel like she might have been uh, Italian. She was, was Albanian. She? Albanian. Wow. Albanian Indian. Really. Huh. Yes. Wow, look at her. Wow. So I have a question. Is there anybody that FDR didn't put in I camps? Know, he was a pretty bad guy. He was a terrible human being, and everybody just loves him. Yeah, well, I back then, really any group of people was a threat. Yeah, I suppose. Yep, you don't want groups of people. You know, uh, no, R Ralph, you'll know this. Uh, what is it called when you not really cheat on something, but let's say you... Change it a little bit, uh, and you don't really do it on the up and up. Um, Ma, I said... I, subterfuge? I, I use the term 
in front of your mother, but she had never heard it. I learned about it in my neighborhood. So now you have to oh. remember, I grew up with Catholic people, oh, blacks, yeah, and I know Jews. What you're talking about. Okay, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. We were going to park by her father's residence, but there was nowhere to park. But they had these cones set up for no reason that weren't being used. So I just got out of the car and moved the cones over one more space and then parked in that spot. <laughs> said, what'd you do? And I said, I used the Italian wrench. <laughs> I had never heard of that before. Yeah, it's good to move things around a little bit without it, without permission. You know, it's one of those deals. <laughs> oh, that's great. The Italian wrench. The Italian wrench, man. I always love the Italian wrench. No doubt about it. That's that's what's it? Every culture has great language and language skills and they language uh, traditions that we all should. So we should we should be we should, we should be speaking a combination of Ebonics, uh, Italian slang, and Yiddish. It'd be very difficult to understand. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what our language like. We should we just sort of incorporate all these great terms that they have and just yeah, slang and jargon. Yeah, that's exactly what we should do. Have all those sort of things. Yeah, an Italian wrench. The Italian wrench. Oh, where did you guys put up the picture of me doing the Hammerschlagen thing? Uh, Melissa on Instagram. Yeah, she posted on Instagram. it on social media. I put it on something. Oh, because I've gotten about 7 billion people telling me about, uh, you know, you're supposed to use the other side of the hammer. No, you're not. No, you play you're hammer not. It's supposed to be a challenge. You're supposed to use the That's pointy end. That's what I keep telling not the, any, any fool can drive a nail with a, with a giant flat mallet. end. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the challenge in that? They won't listen to me. I one. keep telling them that I was doing the best I could. But they people love that video for some reason because you are holding a tool mm. you're a tool <laughs> which is a very rare event very exciting oh burn slow burn slow yeah. burn man <laughs> so everything else good with the world i think i think you want to know why i'm late why because i was listening to a podcast that's usually just like fun and exciting and then they started talking about infant loss awareness month oh god mm. oh, and how this woman Jesus. called in and i was just crying so i had to compose uh. myself before i came in Oh, dear. The woman on the oh. podcast started crying. It was like out oh, of left field. Because October is infant. I did. Why October when you're having fun with the kids at Halloween? Why do they have to pick October? Well, I don't know. Yeah, why October? Yeah, why October? Well, it oh, December would have been better. Yeah, August. How about August? There's nothing going on in August. Sure kids go back to school. I'm sure August is some sort of awareness month. Every month is some sort of awareness month. Seems yeah, that way, doesn't it's it? It's a tough road. That's a tough road to hoe. There's no doubt about it. Is there any months that have two awarenesses? I'm sure many oh, I'm months sure have. We're going, start stack, we're going to start stacking our awarenesses. <laughs> stack them. Probably. Well, God, I'm sure there's one for every day of the year. Here you oh, go. Awarenessdays.com. It's got all of them. It's got every one of them? Yeah. Days. I mean, months. You need, we want awareness. awareness this months. has months and days. Okay, everybody's. October is ADHD Awareness Month, National Cybersecurity Awareness health, Month. Something. Apparently, it's Black History Month, too. So, <laughs> so, so we're stacking them. last month. Oh, this is this site's broken. It's saying everything is October. It's Black History Month in um, England. Oh, oh in England. Yeah. When's ours? June. Uh, Fe- Juneteenth, February. right? February. Oh, I thought it was. Ju- oh, that's right. It's Juneteenth. Oh, yeah. It's June. the UK Black History Month. Breast, breast okay. cancer awareness. Why do they have different ones? Sober for October. Baby wearing week. Uh, I love baby wearing. Charcot Marie Tooth Awareness Month. National Cholesterol Month. Pituitary. I, there's literally so national like coming out day. Okay. I will say, is, at the Vikings game on Sunday, yes. it was like their cancer awareness game. Yeah. I cried like four times. They had all these videos of these kids oh. and oh. people that have beat cancer and all this stuff and this 
boy that goes to Wyzetta High School and he's in cancer treatment and he was there and then they gave him the tickets to the Super Bowl and I was just like, what? I kept, I was looking down. I that's told like, Dan, I was like, tell me when it's over. That's like when we I go can't. to the Lymphoma and Leukemia Association no. stuff. It's <gasps> like they've got these little kids yeah. that have beat it and you're yeah. just like, but, <laughs> more money for them. Things have changed because 40 years ago, 40 or maybe 40, 50 years ago, leukemia, lymphoma was a death sentence. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolute death sentence. Yeah. And there is uh, a, when I was a kid, yeah, if a kid got something like and that, that was it. And there's a very high cure rate for uh, ACL in children now. Very high cure rate. And it is an exceptional uh, uh, achievement uh, among oncologists and medicine that they, they've made huge strides. And people yeah. don't really say that very often. That there are huge well, the strides. The cancer mortality this. rate has and, gone so the, down in and, the past 50 years. And melanoma is another one. I, I, mm-hmm. I had one friend. She had a melanoma on her leg. Well, she told me this. I was sick to my stomach. She had a melanoma on her leg that was down into the fat, into the muscle. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, that. Yeah, they're and, sneaky. And, and 40, 50 years ago, that was a, yeah. you were dead. Yep. She's still alive. She's still, and that's been 20 years ago. It is. She's yeah, still alive. They do, they do crazy, what we can crazy do kind well, of stuff. Well, my brother, um, he had CLL. Yeah. Has, what? I guess, no, it's gone. Oh, he's, what? He's cured. He went into a clinical trial. It wasn't chemo, somehow related to chemo, but not chemo. It fixed him, got rid of the CLL. Then he ended up with uh, tonsil cancer. They got rid of that. And then he came down with lung cancer. And now he's, he for some reason, this one treatment only works if you've got certain kind of proteins, blah, blah, blah. You have to be a perfect candidate for it. His doctor couldn't be more thrilled. Last time I saw him, he was like a month and a half ago. He was yellow, looked terrible. Saw him at my oh, dad's party. Yeah. Oh, he's been sick. He's been so sick. It's very, very sick. Who got E. coli? Um, my brother Daryl, oh, and yeah. he, he did not look yellow anymore. His color's back. His doctor's thrilled. They think that they're going to get three different cancers, three different complete treatments, and it looks like he's going to have a survival rate of way more than the six months to a year that they told him when he had Whoa. been told he had lung cancer. So yeah, I mean it is astonishing. And his wife had a lymphoma. It's gone. She's cured. Yeah. So, so there's, yeah, there's huge I mean, changes it's just, in yeah, all, it's yeah, it's all sorts of things. You used to hear the word lymphoma, and you were like, you know, you might as well get your affairs in order and say goodbye. There was yeah. no surviving that. It is amazing what they can do now. 21st century, things have changed. There's a lot of technology coming online. So Yeah, but they still haven't done a very good job with mental health meds. Yeah, a, I, we said, I said last week. It's a black box. There's no, people think they know about the brain. They think about all this sort of stuff. They know about endorphins. They know about one thing and another. They know about drugs. But they do not know exactly what goes on in that head. That's why mental, mental illness is just still, yeah, well, why don't you try this? Why don't you try it? And the medic- medicines are not very specific, and they have all sorts of bizarre side effects because they're such, dumping them into your brain. Yeah, such bad side Things effects. Like you yeah. know, you can't get, you know. So we're back to ecstasy. Ray. Yeah, and, and designer drugs, designer drugs, same thing. But we just put them in the brain. Oh, you might die from other things, but don't worry about that. The other thing, one of the things that really troubles me, everybody's pushing now to legalize 
um, mushrooms, psychedelic kind of medications. Oh, they are? Yeah, psilocybin and things like that. The, the and, people, a lot of people want to... Yeah, microdosing. And, microdosing. Oh, yeah, yeah microdosing. Yeah. And everybody's going to just yeah. microdose. They'll just microdose. Now, what's going to happen, and, but there's a finite incidence of psychosis associated with the use of those. So you could have a psychotic break yeah. as a result of using those. Mm-hmm. I thought that so, if you had a tendency towards psychosis that right, had... A lot of people don't. I know. Don't know that. Yeah, but they don't know. So if they take even a microdose, does well, that push I, them I, over the edge? Well, my problem is, is once it's legalized, it's not going to be microdosed. It's going to be dosed. People are going to, oh, I got, well, I'll take 10 of these. Mm-hmm. People, well, that's people, true. You know, patient compliance is the biggest problem yeah. in medicine and trying to get patients to take medications on a regular basis. That is one of the biggest problems you face. And you think that you're going to leave, oh, it's just microdose. It's just my, you know, people are going to take 10 of them. They're going to take a trip. And that what's going to happen is that these, well, these, these drug companies or whoever's selling it is going to be liable for uh-huh. someone who is now psychotic. They're never liable for anything. Yeah, well, you're going to sign a hold harmless agreement to uh, to, to the companies that, that when they sell this stuff, you know, there's there's going to be there's going to be they just issues. hide behind just the like, labeling. If somebody misuses a drug today, I know, but this is different. This is different because it's not legal in fed, legal federally. It's oh, not like legal. Marijuana? It's a state. It's a state kind of a thing. And you know, if someone someone gets uh, sick from Paraquat that was been sprayed on marijuana plants. It, they're sold in their dispensary. Someone's gonna, someone's gonna pay. There's gonna be a suit. And there's gonna be action. I know. I mean, I, I would guess that all of that is regulated, and you're not supposed to be selling things that are sprayed. A lot of with. things are not supposed to be selling, but if it's if if, if it's available and stuff, so there was, there was just they they were well, just the now demand. getting the dosing. There's a demand there. The demand is huge for medical marijuana. My God. Yeah. And, yeah. Medical, medical, well, yeah, med- and, and that is in quotes. That's an air quote of medical marijuana. A lot of people use marijuana as a, as, as a drug. Yep. As a, as a recreational for, 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 drug. For, as a recreational drug, but for mm-hmm. relaxation. I mean, there's a lot of pieces to it, but people drink for that too, you know, drink for that too. So, you know, and be, you're, not getting, you're not getting liquor companies sued, but it, once again, liquor has been around for so long, everybody knows about that sort of stuff. This stuff, Hasn't been researched for a period, and people don't know stuff. Or if they know stuff, they're not going to tell you. And when it becomes available through the the cigarette companies, when they, once they start putting the accelerators in, other chemicals and other things in there, you know, and people, and there are some people who do smoke it like a cigarette. They have, yeah. They they, they, they toke. They have four All or five of these. Oh, a, yeah. Four or five yeah. of these a day. Yeah, I've oh, yeah. known people back before it was like medical. Recreational, all they they would kind of, you know talk about people running around having a cigarette every hour. They were they were out having a couple of puffs on a joint every couple hours. Blunt. I mean they're just always Blunt. high, always they're high, beautiful. always high. Yeah, like never not high. Which, sure. uh, how good can that be for you? Well, we, we don't we don't know. That's a, the, the, my problem with you know the the good things about legalizing the drugs is one you can get these drugs in a purer state or a pure state so that you don't run the risk of having fentanyl poisoning or or pcp poisoning or something something like that so you're getting that so you're getting that what you're getting the downside is that we just don't have all the information about the addiction and about the uh, physiologic and physical effects of long-term chronic use of this in 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 a high dose for the whole population well when we were watching that um oxycontin show oh dope sick 
Yeah, oh, Dope Sick. You, you watch Dope oh, Sick. Yeah, and it's like they, they just assume they're like a certain percentage of people are going to get addicted to this because they have addictive personalities. They're either going to get they're either going to be addicted to our drug, somebody else's drug, alcohol, marijuana. They're going to get addicted to something, huffing, whatever. They're going to do something to be addicted. So they're yeah. just, you know, there's just like a byproduct of any sort of medicine where there's going to be addicts. They just accept that. And they're not nobody. I mean, there's people that have been abusing alcohol for years and years and they end up forever they end up losing their minds forever. and you never blame the distilleries no you don't you blame the user yeah yeah so it's the same thing with drugs it's like it's their fault they're the ones that are addicted you know yeah. well maybe maybe that'll be the case for for these uh, this this uh, psychedelic kind of legalization maybe that'll be that'll be it whenever they whenever these actions come to come forth when someone gets a psychotic break as a result of taking LSD or taking one of the psilocybin or or one of the other drugs, that's or mescaline. That's going to that's what's going to happen is that that's going to be the the point point when they decide on whether well you did it to yourself, you should have known this. But there's going to have to be declarations about this too. But how can it be okay for OxyContin to literally be pushed by a drug company to the point where there are people dying left and right? And medical marijuana, or just even whatever. If if FDA, if the FDA approval makes it so that you're immune, why isn't it okay for a dispensary to be immune? But, but, it's but, like that's that's the precedent: is that when you put out a product that it's legal, then it sh yeah. then you shouldn't yes, be so liable. Why was that com that company was sued and they had to pay? A, a, a but they act. were. It was so egregious they couldn't even. <clears throat> I mean, it could, it was fine. just ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. Well, but they weren't egregious to me because when they told me about it, they said, well, that's a narcotic. You're going to be addicted to it. I knew that as a result of being a physician and being properly educated and using my head when I was thinking about that. I knew about this. They said, oh, well, that, well, well, that, it's not addictive. And you're yes, an is. ethical doctor. There's a lot of people out there that look at the yeah. millions of dollars that they can make off of being yeah, a pusher. God, but, yes, but, the, but the deaths from narcotics are not necessarily from OxyContin. The deaths from narcotics are from fentanyl. Well, now, yeah, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And now they make them candy-colored. Isn't that nice? Have you seen those? No. Candy-colored fentanyl. Yeah, candy-colored fentanyl. There's red ones, pink ones, blue ones. They made For it street look... use? Well, sure. Yeah, oh, sure. absolutely, because that way kids will what take you, it, too. What do you do to fentanyl? You eat? What do you, you, how do you take it? Take it. You can swallow it. You can inject it. it. Oh, it's just they like, can smoke it, I guess. I guess you could. Yeah, they've been putting it in marijuana. Well, that's, like, it. well that's like the marijuana, like all the gummies and taffies and stuff. I'm like, kids. Yeah, for real. Yeah. You know, it, oh, they look like orange slices. It's like, a kid, my red, kid would you know, eat that. Absolutely, in a minute. I'd eat that. I'm orange slice, tasty. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the gummy, love the gummies done. They come in shirt. Yeah, it looks like a candy store. It looks like a candy store. It does. I mean, at the gummies place. At at the dispensaries, they yeah. it looks like a candy store. Gummies yeah. place. Yeah. A dispensary. When were you in a dispensary? I've gone in with Tom. Yeah, they have gummy bears. They have taffy. They have in Vegas lozenges. We went in Vegas, yeah, and that's what it looks like, huh? Yeah. I mean, oh, they look I, like candy. There's I can't no go into dispensary because the place stinks so bad. I can't tend to smell. <laughs> it does stink. I mean, it does there's, stink. A, there's a definite yeah. odor to the to the yes. the, the product that you smoke that I just can't take. Oh, we were we were bike riding around on uh, some bike paths in Colorado. Was that Colorado Springs that we were in, or was that Denver? I don't remember where we were bike riding. That was Colorado. Springs. And we must have gone. I don't know. 
what kind of the whole entire city just reeks like skunkweed. It's just like, my <laughs> God, true. how much how much product do they produce in this state? If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Tom here with my good friend, CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, I was out in Maple Grove the other day, saw your new branch that's under construction. It's looking great. Thanks, Tommy. We're very excited to open our new Maple Grove branch in the Arbor Lakes area later this year. Well, the way I do math, that's the sixth North American Banking Company, and you only have five fingers. How'd you get to six? I used my computer. We better not ad lib. All right, we won't ad lib. Never mind. People will. Well, you're not mean. that good at it. Oh, yes, yeah, that's true. That's, right you know, right. we have locations in Roseville, 50th in France, Hastings, Woodbury, and Shoreview. One thing I like about being a North American Banking Company customer is I can do a lot of my banking online or on your mobile app, but sometimes it helps to go in and talk to one of your friendly bankers in person. Everybody loves when you visit, Tommy. We hope to see you in Maple Grove soon. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. I understand Tim Lammers is a big fan of all, illicit drugs. All he does <laughs> is hit the pipe. We know that. <laughs> he's still, he's... All the time, man. Do I, do I, first of all, do I sound okay? You sound a little fine. tinny. A little, yeah, like you're on speakerphone, but. Okay, well, you know what then? Give me a second. I, I just thought I would speak through my web camera today. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's bad. It's not, not bad. It's not, it's not bad, Tim. It's not far but away. Give me a minute, I'll put the headset on. Okay. There you go. It's better than the phone, that's for sure. Oh, Tim's rolling up. I, I'm, oh, I'm struggling yeah. through this Lord of the Rings kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Oh, oh Lord, Lord of the Rings. Okay, we'll I've heard it's horrible. Well, the, so yeah, it's, it's the, it's the. I forgot. I don't even know what the name of the thing is. But it's a. Rings it's a, of Power. The Rings of Power. It's the oh, prequel yes. to uh, the Hobbit. It's the prequel to the Hobbit, where they're talking about how the Rings of Power were made, and I'm certain that one of these kids that's in it, or one of these hobbits that's in it, or is going to be turned into Gollum, going to find the one ring. and blah. That's going to be, that's the, that's the prequel. Or maybe it isn't. Well, maybe it's just the, a, that was in The Hobbit. Gollum pre-Gollum. Yeah. Okay. He was in The Hobbit. Okay. So this is even before that. Now? Yeah, but this is even before that. And uh, I, yeah, I think so. Hello. You're a little hey. quiet. You're quiet. You're very quiet. Wow. There oh, we that's go. There. There. That's There's what you just guy. did. There's Keep doing that. Okay, I won't touch anything. I won't touch anything. Don't, don't touch it. Don't move. Don't breathe. I don't get to see it. Because I am being told the same thing that you're saying, Ralph, oh. that it's slow. Mm. Oh, it is, it is not. It's slow. It's formulaic. It's predictable. And most of the major roles are, are not white men. Yeah, that is true. Well, that's it, like the, it, the it, thing it is, now. It, it, it is so bizarre. I mean, you know, not that it shouldn't be. And they have a lot of wonderful uh, 
racial insertions into the story, which are just perfect, just beautiful, well done. But the major roles just aren't white men. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's an interesting, uh, interesting thing. So they're, they're saying a lot of things with this and giving opportunities to people with this, which is not bad, but it's just... You're looking, you know, maybe it's a little bit too much. They've really gone yeah. way over the deep end on this. Doing a little, uh, yeah, a little on purpose. Yeah. Well, I know, and again, I, I'll judge the damn series when I see it, but I know that people are losing their minds with a, a, a Scooby-Doo. Oh, God, it looks horrible. Really? Origin thing called well, it's not Scooby-Doo. Velma. Yeah, it's Velma. Scooby-Doo's not in it. It's and Mindy Velma? Kaling is voicing Velma and... Um, she is now of Indian descent. Yep. And Shaggy is an African American. What? Yeah. Oh. Daphne's Asian. What? Yep. Yeah. And, and every it's Burger an origin King, story, it's, but they all changed no, it's races. Not, it's not an something? origin story. Oh. It's a remake. Yeah. And it's, it's Burger oh, King it's Kids a... Club version of Scooby Doo. Yeah. And yeah, the, the other series, the, the, the Tolkien series, the prequel, is everybody. See, they have a Scottish accent or an Irish accent. It's a bizarre, it's a bizarre, yeah. bizarre show. The right? accent thing, speaking of which, actually, we're, we've been watching a show called Ghosts. Uh, it's on Paramount Plus mm-hmm. and also CBS. It's, mm-hmm. it's about a, it's like a haunted mansion, but in a funny way. Yeah, yeah we, we watched right. it too. <clears throat> yeah, it's, um, but I noticed whenever there is someone Norse, like a Viking, they're always British. Like, yeah. If you think about Thor, <laughs> Thor in the MCU is British. Why? Yeah, he should have a Minas- He should have the Minnesota. Accent. Yeah, I suppose it would. Yeah. Audiences would probably be like, you know, yeah, Thor's going around talking like, "It's me, I'm Thor. I'm gonna pick up the hammer now." People would be like, "This is dumb." Wait, why is he from North Dakota? Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, Nordic accents don't sound very intimidating. They don't sound great, no. To be honest, yeah. no. I so, am going so, to kill you. you know, the bottom line for me with all of this is, I mean, look, I don't care who the hell plays who. Um, you know, opportunities for other people, great, whatever. Just entertain me. And if the show is not entertaining, you cannot blame, you know, that on anything other than the scripting or whatever sucks. I mean, my big thing with, with this Rings of Power is this cost damn near a half a billion dollars to produce. Well, I believe it. Oh, I believe How it. How the hell do you recoup that when really you're not it's not really within um, a structure where you can track these sorts of things. It's being, you know, this is bankrolled by Amazon. So it's not like, you know, you can track the box office success of Avatar by saying it sold $2 billion worth of tickets. Now you're like, okay, this is, this is part of our streaming service of this very, very large and diverse company that sells, you know, uh, bedroom furniture to socks to volleyballs to everything right how do they tell that a series like that is a success i mean is it based on the amount of subscribers that's you know that signed on to prime viewing hours maybe because certainly people there are other reasons people sign on to amazon prime or subscribe to it because they want free two-day shipping you know so it's like how do they how do they know that this is going to be a success, I guess, is what I'm saying. It doesn't matter. Jeff can afford it. Yeah, absolutely. Jeff can afford this. This is pocket change. Well, it seems is to be the just... new thing is they'll spend a ton of money on a show, and they'll make it not what the audience wants, and then no one will watch it. They'll call the audience racist, and then they'll kill the show. 
And I have to imagine someone is profiting off of this cycle of failed shows. Oh, I agree. Because someone must be getting some sort of tax break or something whenever a show fails like this, because they're doing it on purpose. Well, I mean, look at the way um, HBO Max uh, put the kibosh on Batgirl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that was basically to take a $90 million write-down. Yep, Yep. exactly. That's why they said they did it. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, there's a trailer out there. If you see it, it is embarrassingly bad. I have never seen it, So, I mean, they won't come out and say that it sucked. But if you can't convince me with a trailer, I mean, you wouldn't believe. If you can find it out there, uh, it it can't be fan-made. It can't. It has to be real. Um, You wouldn't believe how bad it is. I, I, I just, you know, even when you get a guy, but I, you know what? I don't think he says anything in it, but you got Michael Keaton reprising Batman in the thing, but I just couldn't believe how bad the trailer was or, you know, bootleg trailer or whatever. Somebody leaked something because supposedly the only people that have seen footage of this movie um, are the people that the cast and crew they have. They did hold a cast and crew screening mm. <laughs> for these four people that, that, um, we're part of this and now are never going to see, you know, like the lead will never see her, yeah. her Batgirl come to life. I know, you can know? you imagine so, working on something like that for, what, a year and a half? And then they're just like, yeah. this is so bad, I don't even want to show it to anyone. Well, and, and again, you know, look, I, I, bad or not, I mean, what what harm is there in putting something like that out? I, I don't know. I mean, apparently if if they already thought that this isn't going to yield any profit for us, then if you're going to say, okay, if it's a $90 million movie, and then we're going to have to double that amount for marketing, uh, marketing they stand to lose $180 million. Oh, yeah. yeah. Maybe, now, I, maybe Michael again, Keaton nobody has... is above making a bad movie. Look at Amsterdam. I reviewed that last week. The movie sucks. But really? it has every oh, major really? star in there that you could imagine. That's how that goes sometimes, though. They just are like, well, we got everybody big, so people can yeah, see it. Yeah, why even so try? Yeah, we know good. people are going to watch it. Why yeah. even bother? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I can pinpoint the exact reason why that movie failed, and it comes down <clears throat> to the director and the writer, David O. Russell, who we talked about on the morning show last week, Tom. I mean, mm, this guy right, is, yes. oh, my God. This guy has such of a history, and it's amazing. Nobody has really called him out on it. But basically, he's the sort of guy now, because he's had success with American Hustle and Silver Linings Playbook and uh, The Fighter, which all won major Oscars, you get to a point where you cannot approach a writer or director and say, hey, you know what, David, this isn't working. You can't do that anymore with him. So you leave him the keys to the store to make any sort of movie he wants. At the end of the whole cycle, when it's done, it's like, you know what? Nobody has nobody can approach this guy to say, you know what? This movie doesn't work and they just have to put it out and, and take the big uh, uh, gut punch, which is to, at this time, at this time, they're thinking it'll lose one hundred million dollars because of all. Yeah, because of all of the marketing they put into it. The budget was a million. The box office is 10 so far. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, 80 times 260 minus 10, that's 150 so far. So mm-hmm. unless they, they still have to make $50 million elsewhere just to lose $100 million. Oh, so I don't know and, what they're going to do. And this thing about not being able to approach him, you know, again, it's, 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 a, it's obviously connected to a guy having a final cut over a movie. But also this guy has a history of butting heads 
quite literally butting heads with his actors, including George Clooney, including Lily Tomlin. There's a clip out there of those oh, two yeah. going at it. Yep. Um, so, you know, obviously before he had the clout, he was an incredibly difficult person, allegedly, to work with because some of this stuff is you know, secondhand knowledge. You know, Clooney will tell you a story about how he was headbutted. Whether that's true or not, we don't know. But there's no disputing the fact that if you see that clip of him and, and Lily Tomlin going at it, it is about as cutthroat as it gets, and they're screaming MFers at oh, each other back what? and forth. Oh my God, it's incredible. I will, lend, Andy. I'll send you the link to that to that um, to that clip uh, the, of, of of them going at it on set. So, so you know, the, and and then on top of that, there's a laundry list of uh, other indiscretions, alleged indiscretions involving this director. I'll send that link too. It's unbelievable, and it finally seems like behavior like that eventually it's going to come back to bite you in the ass. And I think that it bit him in the ass with Amsterdam. Huh. So oh, it's it's incredible. Tom read out loud some of these allegations or you know, uh, indisputable facts against this director. And mm. it's unreal. Right. What this guy did. Let's see. I got a video here. Is it this? Oh, well, wait, hold on. I is to, it going to be bleeped? I, I mean, I have it, to you're gonna have... it. yeah, it's, if it's not, I'm uh, going to have uh, to blank out the entire segment. But okay. <laughs> is it well, this? then most of it's going to be blank. Photos of yourself. <laughs> see, it's harder. To, it's harder actually to pick it up from the damn desk. Okay. You were looking. You were planning. Uh, take a beat and preset it. You can put the fucking thing down. You can put the folder down for a second to, well, to, to use both hands. Yeah, and take your legs off the I desk and a whole bunch of other stuff. Says you gotta keep it. You can take your legs down. We could buy Okay, for Christ's sake, let's just take it one <laughs> fucking line at a time. Whoa. Instead of changing everything, as we, it's very difficult to even create what you're going to do when it's constant, a barrage of Apparently changes, changes, do this, do this. No, wait, wait, okay. do it a different way, do it a different way. Don't get me started. Okay, so I'm just saying, let's just, you know, it's impossible. One actor's doing one thing, another actor's doing another, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not, as, I'm not as brilliant as you. I can't uh, keep up with you. Oh, oh, it's going to get real hot pretty quick. <laughs> Let's rehearse. You're please. being impatient. Let's rehearse. I couldn't understand you. No, this is not the first time. Help you. Do you understand me? No, no, you're not. I'm being a fucking collaborator. I was trying to help you figure out the fucking picture. Hey, bitch. I'm not here to be fucking yelled at. I worked on this fucking thing for three fucking years. Not to have some fucking cunt yell at me. Oh, I'm trying to fucking, oh, oh, I'm trying to fucking help you, bitch. You couldn't see it. Gloves he was, off. He was like kicking props around. I was say, it looked like he was throwing Holy stuff. Oh yeah. my so god. Was, Having a hissy fit. It was, goes a, for another 45 seconds. It, it looked like a hockey match. That a hockey is, fight. Oh my you know, god. the gloves are in the Everything's on there. I throw it at him. It kind of oh. reminds me of, what is it? Was it Christian Bale? What? A, Oh, yeah, it was Christian Bale. Like, yeah, right. yeah 20 years ago or whatever. Yep. Yeah, oh, which maybe explains why you. Christian puts up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I when people act like that, it makes Ooh. me kind of laugh. <laughs> I know. It's like, this is an adult temper tantrum. And it's yes, like, absolutely. how old are you? I don't. Yeah. And Lily Tomlin does has, has a psychiatric past. Oh, does she? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What she, she doesn't. Yeah, no, she's, I think she's had to be uh, cared for uh, for a real psychosis and things like oh, that. Oh, has she? I did I not so. know yeah. that. And 
And to her, she was just spot on on what she was saying. She's, hey, I'm just trying to work. I'm just trying to work I'm here, gonna, you know. Uh, Andy, I just forwarded another clip where she's freaking out on Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> it, it, it is so freaking unbelievable. I just sent it. It's, it's also a YouTube clip, and it should pick up right at the spot where the the the, the uh, it, it just goes crazy. So. All right, just give me a second for it to actually show up. It's Lily Tomlin Day. <laughs> it is. I love Lily Tomlin. I do too. Just Except for I'm second. still mad at her because I, I tried to go see her about a thousand years ago, and I went over to the auditorium that she was in, and there was a note on the door. It was canceled. Oh, a note. God. A door. note on the door. Oh boy. <laughs> I can't be mad at her for that. I'm still mad at her. Well, and I also sent over the <laughs> article with all the allegations too. Oh, uh, to you. And okay, that, here that's... it is. Yeah. Uh, Lily Tomlin freak out with Bill Burr and Bob Kelly. Yeah, it they'll play. I, I started it at the where the clip yeah, starts of her. Yep. Okay. Leave me the fuck alone. Whoa. Do you know what the fuck is going on? Period. Fuck you. Oh, I've had it up to here. Clearly. <laughs> Who's reacting to what? For God's sakes. Fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> Is that your mom or is it Lily Tomlin? Hilarious, <laughs> darling. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Get the fucking thing together. Fuck you. <laughs> oh every morning. Yeah. As kids, morning. so was her. Every morning when I leave for work at 4.15. <laughs> when we didn't have our school stuff together. They're going after me. <laughs> now, to set, to set this up, they're in a car. Yes. Okay, they're stuck in a car and she's yelling at David uh. Russell. And and sitting in between uh, the driver and Lily is Dustin Hoffman. And if you play it a little bit longer, Dustin's going to eventually say something to her. Oh, and God. then she's going to oh, respond okay. oh, to Dustin. God. Oh. oh, yeah, bullshit. <laughs> That's why we spent five and five or six fucking hours doing something else. No! God damn it! You fucked it up, goddamn you! Now get straight on and help. You if you can't, if you can't help them, help me. <laughs> He's just looking at her. Oh, that's right. Fuck you too. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm you don't get out. Don't get out. I'll break the fucking set apart. I don't oh, even give a fuck. That's the matter because you're there. Oh, shut up. Shut up. You shut the fuck up too. I will, but just shut up. Shoot the fucking thing right now. That was now. Dustin. Yeah, oh, Shoot. yeah. You'll get. You'll get all this. You'll, I'll be angry as she's angry. That'll be good. Oh, he's a riot. Yeah. <laughs> what? Who was that? <laughs> that was Opie and Anthony. Oh, that was Opie and Anthony. I only, yeah. I only... They, they, they and Bill Burr were, were talking about the clip. Oh, on there. yeah. Uh, I was like, what? <laughs> I only threatened to break apart a place one time. Mm. I was so pissed at your father. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, what the hell is this now? Catherine F. You is all I've got to say. Only once. Doug, how are things going at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan? Well, we're in first and second place for the year in Minnesota. That's pretty impressive. What do you think the secret is? Well, clearly people like overpaid morning DJs that can't throw a first pitch over the plate. That hurt my feelings on so many levels. Sorry. Some people actually like these goofy ads, but there's a lot more to it. I think people really like the one-price upfront approach. They know they are being treated fairly. Yep. 
the free 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty doesn't hurt either. So what's going on this month? Well, inventory's finally getting better. We've got 75 Rogues and 25 Pathfinders available for delivery this month, and Nissan just came out with 1.9% for 36 months for people with good credit. The way interest rates are climbing these days, that's pretty darn good, Dougie. With all those Rogues and Pathfinders, free powertrain warranty, and low interest rate financing, no wonder Burnsville and Coon Rapids are setting records. We're like the Aaron Judge and Roger Maris of Nissan's. No, no, you're not. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether or not you decide you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy (laughs) if i'm hanging out with you Uh, maybe (laughs) okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant so, again, the, the lesson of this story is is that, yes, they do got this guy on tape freaking out. So it's not it's not some uh, old Hollywood tale that's full of BS. It's, it's real. You know, you wouldn't get a guy like Clooney coming out and saying what this guy did unless he's not going to tell BS to put his career at risk. He's going to tell you the truth, or at least his version of the truth. But the fact of the matter is, is that this guy fights with so many different people on the set. So he's unapproachable as as a guy that you're working with. And then you give him final cut. And again, this is all speculation, but I'm I'm almost certain after all the successes films have had, he gets final cut. He's going to make the film he wants to make. The film he wants to make sucks. It gets out there. Critics trash it. Audiences hate it. And boom, you lose $100 million. And I would I would bet you that that $100 million is not of his own money. <laughs> you never oh, make oh, a yeah. movie yeah. with your own money. No, it's always with somebody else's yeah. money. But I'm sure yeah. he can write some of it off. Well, you know what? Unless he gave up his his. Um, sometimes you know, Coppola did this a lot. Um, you know, he he would give up his own salary in order <laughs> to get. I think they kind of go over that in in the offer how they're willing to give up their salary so they can get another actor in or whatever. Mm. You know, free up money for the production. So. Uh, I don't know. I, I doubt it. I doubt that he put his own money into it. I, I just think that Fox, or it's not Fox anymore, 20th Century, a property of Disney, are going to have to write it all down. $100 million. Mm. Oh, God. $100 million bucks. Well, they'll make it back in, you know, in, the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the parks. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Raising all the fees in the park. Mm. Yeah, it, it's got to, exactly. Uh, you know, and I've said this before. I mean, Netflix, they spend all the money on these big budget movies. Who gets whose costs eventually gets raised? It's the subscribers. You know, they got to pass it off somewhere. So, yeah, yeah, that that's how that whole thing works. But, uh, yeah, um, uh, Sony had an issue a few years ago where they had a string of bombs. One of them was from Will Smith. 
Uh, one was from uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Anyway, who ends up losing there? A bunch of people who work at the studio, including a friend of mine who was a publicist for yeah. 22 years. All of a sudden, she's out of a job because they put out a crappy movie. And that sucks. I mean, why should, why should she lose her job and, and a bunch of others because some very, very bad decisions were made at the top? But I guess that's corporate America, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, you make the wrong widget. No one buys it. Someone's yeah. got to pay for it. Mm -hmm. Shut the widget factory down. So now I'll probably be getting threatening notes from David O. Russell, but I don't care. You'll be fine. You <laughs> I know don't Uncle care Tommy. about these people. You know, I mean, look, I got friends in the industry. I love some people in the industry. There are some decent, and you know this too, Tom. I mean, you know, there are some really decent, hardworking people in the industry. But boy, once in a while, you get some, you know, they can come off as a nice person for five minutes, but turn off the mic and they are oh, about yeah. as big a prick as it gets. <clears throat> No, there's no doubt about that. And we we just, yeah. Matter of fact, we were talking about some you know rock musicians uh, that, like Brian May. You ever been around Brian May? No, I have heard interviews oh. uh, with the Q and him. And I know I believe it or not, time I was actually listening when you had Brian Setzer interview him, and he kind of got miffed about that. It's like. Are you kidding me? This is musician to musician. If anybody can relate to you, pal, I know. it's Brian Setzer, and he gets pissed about it. I remember he got mad about it, and he just, yeah, Brian May is one of those guys who thinks he's smarter than everyone else. Well, he is a, he is a, I don't know, rocket scientist or something like that. Yeah, right. I mean, he's, he all those guys have, like, the, the, the degrees they have, it's unbelievable. They are very, very smart dudes, but, yeah, you know, come on, he just... Give it a break for five minutes. Just go with the flow yeah, exactly. and be a nice person. Setzer was excited to do it, and then May pissed all over him. It was terrible. Mm. I think he still lives in Minneapolis, doesn't he, Brian? Brian, Brian Setzer, Setzer, I believe he does. I haven't seen him in a long time, but I'm pretty sure he does. The only time I saw I saw him play in concert, <laughs> oddly enough, at Disney World, there was a media thing I was down there for, and they had a couple nights of different concerts, and and I saw him there. And, you know, he's terrific and very talented guy. And, and, again, a nice guy. You didn't expect that conversation to go that sort of way. Again, musician to musician. Come on. What, 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 what a perfect setup for an interview. I agree. I thought it would be wonderful, and it turned out to be a disaster because of Brian May. Are there any other particular musicians, big shots, that have uh, pissed all over you well, guys? Well, there, there are a few of them. Up. In general, the really big stars are, tend to be very nice people because they got everything and they don't need to be a jerk. But Brian May, his whole problem is he just thinks he's so much smarter than everyone else. <laughs> I mean, he, he, just, he can't tolerate anybody but himself. Well, you know, intellectually, I mean, I know you've talked about this before. Uh, that's why Steve Jobs couldn't relate to anybody else yeah, because yeah. he would get frustrated because they don't think on the level of, uh, of him. Or was it Ty Cobb or what was the other baseball oh, player? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, Ty Cobb. failed as a manager because he – he, the, the, the baseball player, he, you know, he thought everybody should hit, hit over 400. Oh, that was Ted Williams. Ted Williams, there yeah, you go. Yeah, Ted Williams thought everybody should hit 400. <laughs> <laughs> It's easy. Come on, you guys. Don't worry about it. So, Come on. in a way, you can understand, but again, you're in a business, 
and he should and Brian May should understand the rules of a business and certainly the rules of promoting something. It should never be a burden for you. Again, and 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 then the other thing is people look up to you. And you're just basically the only thing you're going to accomplish is losing a fan base by being that way, you know? No, you're absolutely right. There's just no there's no excuse for it, no reason for it. Now, I've told this story many times, but a lot of people listening haven't heard it. Um, got a call, uh, an interview with Ringo Starr one time mm-hmm. at the Q. Mm-hmm. And he was in London, and his line went dead. Ringo was just, he was about halfway through the interview, and his line went dead. And I went, oh, man, talking to Ringo Starr, line goes dead. That really breaks my heart. About 10 minutes later, uh, one of the people, the producer, says, uh, Tom, uh, Ringo's on the phone. I said, what do you mean he's on the phone? He said, yeah, he called into the request line. <laughs> Ringo Starr <laughs> called the request line so he could get back on the air from London. Ringo. What a great guy. What a nice guy. He said, man. I want you to play some Beatles. Play some Beatles. No, it's very, very true. No question. He's uh, coming here. Who, Ringo? Well, he was, but no. he's got well, he COVID, was, I thought. Yeah, he's fine yeah, now, he, and they rescheduled. Oh, good. Good, mm-hmm. good, good. Glad to hear it. You know, I was at the very first Ringo and his all-star band deal oh. at Riverfest, um, which was unbelievable. Um, it, he had Joe Walsh, uh, Clarence Clemens, Billy Preston, uh, Rick Danko, and Levon Helm from the band. I mean, it was an incredible lineup, um, and it was affordable. And I actually looked at tickets for this most recent one because of resellers. You know, five you can't get in the door unless you pay five hundred dollars. Right. Yeah. It's so it's so pathetic. It's I don't know why that's even legal. But uh, yeah, I wanted to see him again because there's some good people in on uh, this round. Colin Hay from Men at Work and Steve uh, right. Lukather from Toto. And but yeah, yeah. It's That's a great show, man. That's how life should be, man. Get out there and enjoy yourself. It'd be wonderful. Yes, sir. So, so well, did you, how much further are you and Catherine on the uh, Cobra Kai season four? We're about three or three in, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think we're three in. Tom slowed on, slowed on the love for it. No, this season I like a lot better. The, oh. Last season I didn't care for it. Well, you're going to like season five even better, I think. That's what I hear. I hear that. Oh, God. It's, yeah, it is really terrific. And I, I it's up there with my favorite seasons out of the five. So. Oh, see, that's good. The only reason I didn't like Chan, uh, like uh, season three is because they had a lot of fights between high school kids. And they were just so obviously <laughs> yeah. staged. It was like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's they, not did even a, close. they did a lot of fighting. Yeah, they did. And it was obviously stage Everybody fighting. Everybody was kung fu fighting. <laughs> there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Catherine, did you finish the third episode of uh, Devil in Ohio? Did I? Yes, oh. I did. And should, would I like it? Or is it ever going to get going? Well, it starts, it, it actually, the third, it, it gets the, to the backstory of the girl and what was oh, happening okay. with why she is the way she is. So I should watch the, the last half hour. I think so. Okay. I think it makes it interesting. I tell you what, though, after hearing Lily Tomlin, I think I want to start on Frankie and Johnny. <laughs> you start in right there, man. <laughs> yeah, no question about it. That, that's some beautiful entertainment right there. It's, yeah. Man, what are you as good do? as it gets right there. Is anybody baby. surprised? No. No. No, absolutely no. not. I mean, Lily Tomlin is always, I mean, she's yeah. a very creative person. She's been around forever. And she's um, kooky. Well, yeah. you know, I don't even think what she was saying 
would be in the realm of mental illness. I just think it's just that's just sometimes that artistic license yeah. of being a perfectionist and being a real big deal for a long time. Yep. Yeah. yeah. You know, that, yeah, and I would, I, I would agree in that she was, that people were trying to tell her how to be a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, it, it, and people go off like that where, you know, if you, if you're working and you're, and you've done this a lot and you have an experience with mm -hmm. this, I mean, Tom, you've, you've, I know you've felt the pressure. I know you've always been a perfect gentleman in these situations, but you felt the pressure where someone wants something different that it just doesn't seem, it's just not right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, people want, people, you know, they don't want to let the creative people do their creative thing. And that you, if you don't do that, then you're limiting and you're frustrating them. And that's what that is. It just comes out like that. Tire Carver wants to know if you have seen Sandman. No, but I heard it's really good. Who's in it? Well, I know Neil Gaiman wrote it. And um, oh, okay. he wrote Coraline, actually. But he, he's done a lot of stuff. He actually, I, I don't know if he lives in the Twin Cities or right across the border in Wisconsin. But, uh, you know, fam very famous writer, and that's yep. one of his most famous works. I, I have not myself, personally. I mean, that's the problem with these series. You know, and this is the first. I don't know if there's if it's one season or what it is exactly, but I don't know. It's just about finding the time, really, right? Yeah, that's yeah. true. So, what is Sandman about, Andy? Do you know? No, I know nothing about Anybody it. Anybody know what it's about? Well, it's about a comic, but that's about it. It's about a comic, graphic novel. Please, graphic yes. novel. Well, yeah, it was originally a, uh, a graphic novel. <laughs> The Sandman, like uh, ages ago, and uh, who's the Sandman? Eighty nine. I don't his, know anything about it. What's his power? It's very supernatural. <laughs> Timmy, what do you got? Do you know anything about Sandman? I, you know what? I only who created it. Oh, okay. That's oh. all. I really don't know anything Why about does it. Smell it, like so. spaghetti in here. I know. All of a sudden, it smells. Oh, they. Uh, oh, they, oh, oh. they, they, they so they. Um, <gasps> So, so this is a, this is a, so he created the comic, or he created the graphic novel. Yes. Scene. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It was 1989, so it was yeah a while ago. Uh, Joe wants to hear your thoughts on the show Evil. If you've seen it, Evil. You have, Mom and Dad. Yeah, I know. I know. Tom, I think you've talked about it before. Yeah, we stopped watching it about what mid second season. Yeah, it got it just, like super political. It got very political. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, and that, and that ruins the show. Why do they? Why? What's well, the deal? And they're they're investigating all these, you know, so so called possessions for the Catholic Church. But the disdain for the church is course, just so yeah. palpable. Exactly. You're just like, okay, yeah, uh, right? You know, and it's like I'm not like yay Catholics or whatever. No, I know. But I'm not like. I just think that if you're going to have a show yeah. that's going to include the Catholic faith, then you probably shouldn't openly hate the Catholic well, faith. One of the oldest and truest rules of creative writing is that you can never write about something that you hate because your hate will always shine through the yeah. past. Absolutely. You can't and that's satirize. how it feels. If you try to satirize something that you hate, it won't be funny. It'll just come across as hateful. You know, you can't write, you know, documentaries or fake documentaries or whatever that yeah. would be about that kind of thing because it'll just come across as you being spiteful and petty. And that's exactly what it's turned into. It wasn't like that, and then obviously yeah, there's some writers like that. that got in on there that were just like, how do we well, make that's the, thing the is, Catholic so faith many look writers, terrible? I mean, a, a, a lot of these people are from California where they basically just hate everything. That's true. So there's nothing they can write about without making it into something that they hate because 
they just hate the world and it, it's very obvious when you watch modern TV how much the writers hate the world. I would agree. And it makes it difficult to watch. Andy, I got to run somebody quickly because we only have about one more minute with Tim. But remember, a week or two ago, we talked about the percentage of stupid people in the world. Mm, depends on your definition. Is of stupid, it changed? I suppose. <laughs> well, I came at seventy percent, and Andy said no, it's actually eighty percent. Well, there was an article that came out in the national news about the problem we're having right now in America with that far left, far right stuff, and everybody hates everybody. Is because people have gotten dumber. There are a lot of stupid people in the world now, and that's caused the problem. I, I can't doubt it. I can't remember where the article was from, but there is an article about stupid people in the world right now because they're causing a lot of problems because they watch a lot of television anyway, so they're watching Fox, they're watching CNN, they're getting mm -hmm. these crazy ideas, mm -hmm. and they're not smart enough to figure out they're being lied to. No, they have no idea. Anything they, they no see clue. on the TV is reality to them. It's true. Timmy, what do you got to close, baby? Um, you know what? I, I won't be on the queue until Friday this week. There's an we embargo go. on Halloween ends. Um, oh. which, you know, that's not a good sign when they say we can't talk about it no, until Thursday afternoon. Not. I would agree. Um, so I have yet to see it, but I am actually looking forward to it. I, you know, those movies got way old for me a long, long time yeah, ago. Yep. Um, I actually like this new deal with uh, Jamie Lee coming back, etc. I actually like the, the second one, Halloween Kills, better than Halloween, uh, the, the reboot mm -hmm. or whatever a, a few years ago. So, you know, I'm, I'm just looking at it from a different perspective, maybe, because most people hated the last one. So right. who knows? Who knows? Right. Um, but whatever the case may be, let's just make this neat and tidy. Because I, let's move on to something new and original, please. <laughs> you know, Not a that's, bad idea. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'll be able to tell you Friday morning whether we're going to be at that point or if they're just leaving the door open for another reimagining or reboot or whatever the heck they want to call it. That makes sense. Timmy, we'll talk to you on Friday on the queue. All right. Uh, sounds great. Everybody have a terrific week, and we'll talk next week. Thanks a lot. Tim Lammers, ladies and gentlemen. And we are back with Stretch's picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SaberHeating.com. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. 
Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. And now for Kristen. And now Kristen Bird coming on to talk about the magnificent world of movies in Hollywood. What do you think of that? Uh-huh. I'm doing well. How are you? Never better. Things are really good. You know, it's, we were just talking about watching, you know, TV shows, stream shows, old shows, all the rest of it. Something happened to me, Kristen, and I haven't talked to anybody about this yet. I'm bringing it up for the first time right now. But when I used to watch The Sopranos back when it first came out, I was just fascinated with it. And, you know, I watched every episode and just oh. week to week loved yeah, it. It was a religious mm-hmm. experience. Right. <laughs> I, re- I started re-watching the series. And I realized after getting into the third third uh, season, I hate these people. Yeah. They're not entertaining at all <laughs> That's anymore. what I kept on telling you. It's why like, why do you like these they're people? They're so hateable. It's like when everyone liked Mad Men. It's like, these are just the worst people in the universe. <laughs> that was the whole point. <laughs> I stopped watching it because I was like, I can't take but these But that was the whole anymore. point, is that they were terrible. It's interesting, too, that you go back and you watch sometimes what you thought was your favorite show. You yes. go back and you watch... A- a lot of women go back and watch Gilmore Girls. Oh yeah, Lorelai and Rory are pretty are two pretty insufferable car- characters. If they you go back and watch them again, yeah. you're like, what did yeah, I love this so That was like the so thing much? back then was yeah. snark, just constant yeah. sarcasm and yeah. snark. That was a Gen yeah. X like yeah. staple. Well, it is interesting how you kind of fall prey to what's exciting at the time and what everybody's talking about, and you get into it. And then yes. like, I was that way with Handmaid's Tale. I was watching Handmaid's Tale. I'd watch it every week, whatever. And then one time Dan came upstairs while I was watching it. And there were, you know, people with hoods over their head hanging from a wall. Well. And he was like, he was like, what is this? And so I was describing, I was describing what was going on. He said, this can't be good for you. Yeah, really. Why are you watching this? It and is then very dark. I kind of was like. Why am I watching? This isn't. This is suppression. Very it's a, sad. Yeah. It's exactly what I said. It's told. really sad too because a lot of the storylines are actually sort of not not in the, the grand way they write it out in the script, but there are like themes that are in Handmaid's Tale that are playing out in politics today. So it does get a little too like, oh, we've blurred the lines a little bit between scripted and reality at this point. So yeah, it's tough. I, right. It's a tough one. That's exactly what I tell Lindsay. She has this book club she goes to. And almost I would say 90% of the books they read are some horrible trad like Bones Under the Chair. What was the name? Bones? Bones? Yeah. Bones, yeah. Under yeah. Bones Under the Chair. Bones Under the Chair. Very famous. New York Times bestseller. Yeah, all these sort of, all these Lovely sort of, Bones devastated me. Yeah, well, my, yeah. my point is that those are the only books they read. They read these yeah, books about weird. being raped, being killed, yeah, being right. all mm-hmm. this sort of stuff. And I say, this can't well, be good for you. All this maudlin stuff you're reading. No. Th- th- read something. Read a classic. Or something there is, I would love fun. someone to do um, a massive study on what it is about white women, because I fall into this, and true crime drama, why we're constantly obsessed with it, watching it, Dateline, like, what is that? Because there's something to it. Yes. So if what is it? If you look at the Dateline audience, it is probably all white women. Oh, really? Know. I don't know yeah. why it is. I don't have, I have no interest in true crime at all. Right. I have a couple friends that are interested in it. 
I am. I I don't listen to the. I'll only listen to the podcast now, the Dateline podcast, while I'm walking and I'm awake and it's daytime. But I used to listen to it like I'd fall asleep to it, and I was having horrendous <laughs> nightmares. No, it was terrible. But you know, I, it, for me, because I travel a lot for work alone, it's always like, okay, how can I be more aware and be smart? And it's always been like that sort of thing. But it started when I was traveling alone. That was the show that was playing over and over again, like on C- CNBC, if I fell asleep with the TV on at 2 a.m. That's kind of what started it all. But I know I'm not alone. I can look at TikTok. I can look at Instagram. I can look at anything on the Internet. And it is white women who are obsessed with true crime. You know, that that same kind of thing happened to Lindsay. She would, would, she would have, we had the house, house in Burbank. That she, she at night she couldn't go to sleep, so she would turn something on on the radio, and she'd be listening to the radio, and she'd wake up and uh, to coast to coast, and she'd be listening oh. to coast to coast. Oh my god! And, and that was the, and that was the impetus for us to get a German Shepherd out there because she was so scared oh. by listening yeah. to that in the middle Not of the night. Conspiracy theories and aliens and <laughs> shadow <I>. people. <laughs> what was his name again? Oh. Art. Uh, uh, Art, was it Art Bell? Art Bell. George yeah. Bell. Art Bell. Art Bell. Yep, Art Bell. Yeah, yeah there you wow. go. Wow. Yeah, it's absolutely true. I mean, the problem I have with the Sopranos is watching it now. Tony Soprano is either cheating on his wife or killing someone. That's <laughs> yeah. the only two yeah. things that yeah. he does. Mm-hmm. I know. Like, who needs it? Ugh. But the first time around you watch it, you're like, this is fabulous. It's the same thing. Like, I loved Mad Men, Don Draper. I'm like, he's amazing. He's yeah. so handsome. All, he, all he's doing is drinking himself to death and sleeping with everyone but his wife. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and his wife is just as miserable. She's smoking away and lets the kids, like, run around with knives, you know, to go play out in the backyard. It's like, <laughs> Kristen, what happened? Was it January Jones was her name? January Jones, yeah. What happened to her? She just disappeared. Um, she's kind of an uh, Instagram sensation, so oh, okay. uh, she's still around for sure. She had a kid uh, with a mystery man that she won't tell anybody man. about. Allegedly, looks like Matthew Knowles, who was the director of the X Men films, and husband to Schiffer. And if you look, he's only allegedly the father, by the way. But uh, if you look at the side by side of the son and Matthew Knowles. Really hard. It's it's like saying Frank Sinatra and Ronan Farrow are not related. You're like, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, doesn't look anything like yeah, him at all. She won't tell anybody who the father is. Oh, is that right? Like, no, nobody. He's not listed no. because oh. he, he's I, you know he's married. So he's married to a supermodel. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I always liked her on that show, and then all of a sudden she just was gone. That was weird. But she had a baby, so I think you know she kind of stepped back a little bit from yeah. her career. She did that film on Netflix, um, the figure skating one, I think. Figure skating. I don't know. It was only lasted like a season. Spinning out. Spinning out. Yep, she did that. I've never even heard of that. It's the most recent thing she's done. Yeah, ice skater who suffers an injury, restarts her career, mental illness, etc. All the good stuff. All the things. Modeling. Yep, more modeling. Yeah, people do like to examine maudlin, don't they? Yeah, I don't get it. I, I stopped watching uh, Walking Dead because it was just, like, depressing and <laughs> unpleasant to watch. It's like, I don't know. Why do people... Well, I think it makes people... Some people, I think, it's like, oh, look how terrible that is. My life's not so bad. I guess. Wasn't yeah. it about zombies? Yes. Yeah. 
Well, well, I hope your life's better than be zombies. zombies. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Look at what these people are going through. My life doesn't seem so horrible. Well, I mean, that's and, the deal. And that's that <clears throat> catharsis thing. Yeah. And whenever, I, whenever catharsis was explained to me when I was in high school, I said, this makes no sense to me. This is, you know, because you read one of these books and I'm depressed for a week. What's the, yeah, it, it's not cathartic It, it doesn't make any sense. That, so, but people, that, but that's a common thing and that's why... That's what that's what uh, supported well, Greek tragedies. Yeah, that, and and horror movies. Yeah. You know, it's some sort of a, it's some sort of cathartic experience to be Ugh. scared. I don't. Well, I yeah. find most people who like horror movies, namely like the slashers, they find it more entertaining than anything. They're like, yeah, get them, kill them. They're morons. They should well, probably, you know. Anything that raises your blood pressure, I guess. The guy's chasing like you with a knife scary and you decide rides. to get into a rowboat. You kind of get what you have coming yeah. to you. That's See, i got to be honest with you. I used to really like horror films, and I haven't watched a horror film in years now because they're just all the same slasher. Well, yes, what are you going to do? I mean, how many, times, yeah, how many times can you do the same Yeah, thing, it's true. You know? Right. Yeah. Murder guy. It's like. The raven, yeah. the cross. Oh, you know, yeah, all exactly. that. Yeah. All that stuff. How many times can you disembowel somebody? Yeah, exactly. exactly. How many ways can you do yeah, it? Yeah, I call it torture porn because they just try to outgross yes. each other. Yeah, yeah that was a big thing for <laughs> Saw really people. brought that to yes. like that. Yeah, yeah. Saw yeah. did. Saw, Saw right. was like, this is as high I as it can go. I won't watch any We're not going to even try anymore. And, until you see that for real. Yeah. When you see it for real and you see uh, is this the real thing, you know, it's kind of like takes the edge off. Takes yeah. the edge off one to watch that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I suppose. You see somebody, yeah. you see somebody coming in and their arm's gone, and you're looking at their arm next to them. You go, "This is odd. This yeah. is not this good. Is, this is not good." Well, that's the thing. It's like so many people. I think modern society is so removed from real violence that they kind of see it as a, like a cartoon kind of thing. It's like they don't think it exists. So when they see it on the screen, they're thinking like, oh, this is entertainment, this is funny, because they've never seen it in real life. So if they've seen it in real life, seeing it depicted, they'd be like, why are you depicting something so awful? Yeah, like most people that have been in a war don't want to watch a war. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. right, that's true. Yeah, if, if you've seen that kind of, that kind of thing, and maybe, maybe that after World War II, this wasn't as popular, it became more and more popular as, as there were less and less people who had been exposed to this. Yeah, yep. that is true. Mm -hmm. Less and less people, because, because, because a, friend of my, a friend of mine who was in, in, in um, the Korean War was in the foxhole, and the guy next to him looks over and says, eh, part of him's gone. Yeah. Yep. You know, and you, that changes you. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. It changes you. Jeez. Absolutely. You know, I, so I, I just wonder if, if that's a real part of this is people want to see all this stuff and watch it. And that's because they've just never seen it. I they've think never... so. Yeah. I think it's because their lives are so comfortable that the idea of suffering is interesting to them. Yeah. Rather than, you know, well, some, how it should yeah, feel. Yeah, because so many of those war films, I mean, what was that one with Tom Hanks? Saving Private Ryan? Yeah. That felt, made I you remember, feel like you were really in a, I mean, it was. Yeah. I remember like, watching it, but I don't remember anything This is about what it. people actually went through. I mean, you just. Well, yeah. Or whoa. worse. Yeah. Or worse. Absolutely. I mean, you, you, the, the, the or, or people that have gone through these terrorist kind of attacks in, in Israel, and these people, mm -hmm. these, these people that are carrying the uh, bomb vests and things like that. You know, mm -hmm. when you're when you're nearby, you know, and a piece of bone hits you and sticks yeah. in your arm, you go, huh, well, that was different. Yeah. You know, that, there, there are pieces to that, horror to that, that 
changes you and you do not want to see it again. Mm -mm. You do not want to see it again. You know? Absolutely not. You know, I, I think about that with school shootings too. And we're yep. exposing yeah. very young people to really traumatic images. Yes. Yeah. At a young age. We really are. It's just yeah. unbelievable. So sad. You know, and and if, they had sad. if they had seen those sort of things or they had been exposed to people who had seen those sort of things, I think their upbringing would be entirely differently and you wouldn't, it's just a different kind of mental state that there's some of these kids are in. They're just going to take their take their vengeance, not knowing, you know, what what this all means. Because this did this this did not. People didn't run amok in schools when I was in school. Or at least we didn't hear about it. Maybe it wasn't mass media quite the same. But you did, we just didn't see it. The first one that I ever knew about was the guy at the University of Texas shooting people from the tower. Yeah, that that's was the first kind of the, one yeah. of the first ones where he's up there and he's shooting all these people. But he was like schizophrenic, right? It doesn't matter. He was still, it doesn't matter. He was shooting them up. Oh, but I mean, like, you're not going to be able to make a schizophrenic person be like, maybe I shouldn't do this. <laughs> it's like if they're having the wrong hallucination, that's, you know, yeah. there it goes. And maybe these kids are having the wrong hallucination. I, it's I, possible. I don't, I, we, I don't know. Mental health uh, treatment in this world well, is not good. Oh, there uh, was a whole bunch the of... The other Andy in the chat said he had a brain tumor that was pushing on... Oh. I, I don't know where, but it was, yeah, it was causing him to, like, get adrenaline rushes and paranoid delusions and that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, there was a big study that came out, and, all, and it's disappeared, about um, antidepressants yeah, and adolescents yeah. and how they they trigger a lot of suicidal thoughts. and a oh, lot we've done of, that for decades. I know, but I guess it's really bad, and it's been kind of swept under the rug because, once again, Big Pharma just loves selling their drugs. Oh, God, they make so much money off of SSRIs. Yeah, so I wonder how much of this, you know, school stuff it's a very, could be linked. There, I mean, they should very, be looking at this. There's a very solid theory that is floating around online that basically says, okay, so you're a depressed kid, you have no motivation to do anything, and you hate the world. You take an SSRI, it gives you just enough motivation to do something, but it doesn't take away your depression. So right. now you hate exactly. the world and you have the energy to attack the world. Yeah, and we've been told that antidepressants increase your serotonin. It's lack of serotonin, serotonin, right. serotonin. And apparently that doesn't actually happen with these drugs. It's not a serotonin issue. That's well, what they're saying. It, yeah, the drugs do cause more serotonin to be well, less to be reuptook. Yeah. yeah, but it's not. They're thinking that depression isn't related to serotonin levels, or at least isn't solely related to serotonin levels. Yeah, and and how long have these spent on the market? Thirty, forty years? Oh yeah, probably at least. Yeah, Prozac was. Uh, yeah, at least that. Oh, 40 years. Yeah. yeah. Every ADD kid, they want to throw them on that. Every girl that has PMS, they want to throw them yep. on that. Every Everybody. It's PMS? Like PMS. Oh, yeah. oh absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep, they want to throw them. They prescribe they it for everything. They want to put everybody on. They would put everybody on high blood pressure and antidepressants if they could. Mm -hmm. Everybody. PMS? PMS. I know. Oh, yeah. Well, because it causes Great. you to I be depressed. I have heard that either. So You've never go. heard that, Alex? You have no. heard that, have you? Haven't you? Women are depressed. Oh, yeah. I, no, I, I thought that they were, they were cranky. I well, had PMDD. I had PMDD when I was in college, which was basically oh, PMS, PMS on steroids. Um, I'd get like panic attacks and stuff like that before I'd get my cycle. And what I does PMDD stand for? I don't even pre -menstrual know. Premenstrual dysphoric disorder. It's basically ultra PMS. Yeah, it's yeah. ultra PMS. Um, and okay. yeah, I was prescribed by my nurse practitioner in college Prozac, which I never took because I was like, it's a four day period. 
before I get my cycle that I oh feel God. very anxious. I don't need to be on Prozac. No. So what you what you should have been on? You should have been on gummy. I should have taken yeah, that go. gummy bears. <laughs> it's like my buddy who, who had who had rheumatoid arthritis. His, his, his nephew said, hey, go go to the dispensary. He was having these symptoms of joint pain and things like that. Hey, go to the dispensary, and, and they'll help you. And they said, of course, they had, the, the dispensaries are panaceas. If that's a panacea. That will cure anything that's in your body. Yeah, a lot of yeah. people believe any, that. Any, anybody, so you, you, got, you got joint pain? Yeah, take hey, smoke this or take this gummy. You'll be just fine. Yeah. Well, like, here you go. Uh, let's see. Kaiser Permanente says uh, an SSRI can help with severe PMS symptoms. Mayo Clinics, SSRIs have been successful in reducing mood symptoms of PMS. But the thing is, is New I was Times, like... times, low doses yeah, of SSRIs. Yeah. The thing is, I was like, it's a like two to four day Yeah, but SSRIs situation. are functionally permanent. Getting yes. off of them is not a and pleasant that's ex- experience. That's exactly how I was prescribed Prozac. I picked up the prescription, and then I was like, mm, I'm going to Google this. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> so I did, and it was like, you know, it changes the, yeah, yeah. it's like an all day, every day, and to get off of them is this horrible situation. I was like, I don't, I don't need this. This is not at all what I need mm-hmm. whatsoever. I'm, I agree. Well, there's yeah. a lot of that. I mean, like, uh, SSRIs are one of them, PPIs are another, statins are another. But doctors... Or doctors would just be like, you should just be on this for the rest of your life because it, it's a cure-all. Yep. Doctors... SSRIs cure all kids. mental illness. Statins cure everything wrong with your blood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. PPIs cure your GI tract. And I don't know if they believed it or not, but that's what a lot of doctors were saying for a long time. They just believed that everyone should be on all these... Those three drugs for the rest of their lives because it makes you superhuman. And a lot of people are helped with antidepressants. They are helped. They're well, very yeah, helpful like for if you need, a lot of people. If your cholesterol is yeah like extremely dangerously high, then yeah, go on a statin. Yeah. But I mean, like they gave me a statin prescription. You? Because I had high triglycerides. But that's the good part, right? No, triglycerides are. I mean, they're Wait. not good or bad, really. They're just they're. But when they're high. Because I have high cholesterol, but I've got the good cholesterols high. Well, that's fine then. Okay. Well, I mean, unless it's extremely high, but I have a feeling no. it's, yeah. No, they're happy. But my. But no, yeah, but they were just col- like, yeah, good here, take cholesterol's a good. Take a stand and it'll <laughs> fix your lipid go. panel. Because Degenerating that's... into the doctor's uh, corner, like, you know, yeah. talking about I just all this. I can't sort believe of stuff. how many people are on so many things. Oh, they're on the yeah. same things. Yep. They're, well, yeah, they're all on an SSRI. Statins, yep. yep. Mm hmm. Cholesterol. Uh, uh, uh. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I think it's ridiculous as well. And we've gotten we've gotten way far away from uh, entertainment report. We really have. Spiraling. We're spiraling. We're going modeling. Well, modeling. we were talking we're about the oppression porn, like uh, Handmaid's Tale, and you know why, oh, and, why yeah. someone would be attracted to that sort of thing. And, and before kinda... right. before you came it, on. It, it, Kristen, we, we were all talking. had a thread oh, to all of this too, yeah. and, you know, yeah. and we were just talking about a lot of the mass shootings. And I have listened to a couple of podcasts on the aftermath of Columbine, and yeah. I don't know if we've talked about this before, but a lot of the survivors from that particular case, which was what 1999, I believe, yeah, they said that, that the, a lot of the effects didn't hit them until the 10-year anniversary. And for oh. a lot of them, that's when they started getting into like, suicidal tendencies. Uh, divorce that's a lot of when a lot of the addiction started for some survivor reason, guilt yeah trigger was was the one that really set them off and um there's a fascinating 
uh, I think it's like called Beyond Columbine, but it's a fascinating podcast. And just to hear what happened to the survivors. And, you know, a lot of them were, didn't even, you know, get hit with a bullet. It was just the effects of like being around it and having to run out of the school and then their parents trying to find them and hope that their kids are safe. And, but the mental health journey of it is, is a long one. It's not like, oh, you know, I got a little therapy and I was fine. They were kind of at the, the first part of mental health journeys and a lot of them didn't seek help until 10, 15 years later. Wow. And that, and that is not the best time. The best time oh, is immediately right. afterwards. I mean, I, I, I told the story before. I had I talked to someone who was at uh, the shooting in Las Vegas, the mass shooting in Las Vegas, oh. at, the, at, the, at the country western concert, and that person I I was talking to, and they were in full blown PTSD. Oh yeah. Oh, I bet they were. And I said, "You need to be seen yesterday by proper care. You need help yeah. because they were so." just tearful and just sort of paranoid and every symptom or every symptom about PTSD was there. And I got, man, you need to get care now because it's not going, it's not going to go good for you. Scary. Oh, it's just, it's 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 a terrible thing. And you know, how did, how did the world war two vets come back and maybe they had PTSD, but they had enough people to support them. I have no idea how that all sorted itself out, but you didn't hear about these things as a result of that. Well, they just drank themselves to death. A lot of them did. Vietnam War. I would say the Vietnam War, a lot of those vets, we didn't No, support. we did not take care of them at all because we were, right. our culture was anti-Vietnam War. Well, there's also And they came very, back to hate, right. people were hating on them, though. They were spitting mm-hmm, on them true, and calling yeah. them baby killers, and they yep. were cruel to them. It was not, it was, it was nothing, no vet has experienced that, like, a Vietnam vet. Well, there's a very psychological component, too, about who you're fighting, because in World War II, pretty much everyone was like, okay, they're the Nazis, they're all evil, they deserve right, to die. Right, yep. wow. Whereas in Vietnam, it's like they were thinking, oh, should we have really burned down all those villages and, and stuff exactly. like that? Exactly, I like know. When you're, when you're murdering the wrong civilians, it's harder on you, I suppose. Well, my brother came back from Vietnam. He was a completely different person. Yep. I mean, he left Wally Cleaver and came back... Uh, I don't know how to describe it. Well, very quick story, Kristen. Um, Mm -hmm. Lily Tomlin? Did he come back Lily Tomlin? Yeah, he came back like (laughs) Lily Tomlin, exactly. Um, Hennepin Avenue, you know, the main street in downtown Minneapolis. Yep. I was 15 years old. My brother got back. He's 24, and he'd uh, he'd been in the Marine Corps for five and a half years, joined when he was 18. Then he went to Vietnam and all the rest of it. And he came back, and we're walking down the street, and there's a hippie coming at us the other way. This is, you know... So 1967, 68, something like that. I think 68 maybe. But he's walking us, and he's wearing a U.S. Army jacket. Um, And on his U.S. Army jacket, there was a United States flag sewn to it upside down. And as the guy approached, my brother said, Sir, could you do me a favor? He said, Would you just take your jacket off when you walk past me? Because I don't want to look at it. Just If you just take your jacket off and drape it over your arm, I'd really appreciate it. And the kid, of course, said, you know, F you and all the rest of it. He said, no, seriously, it's very important to me because you're the flag. I don't like seeing the flag upside down. He goes, no, I'm not doing it. That didn't work out too well for the hippie, I'll tell you that. But all he had to do was cover it up just walking past my brother, and he wouldn't do it. So he had to pay the price, you know. Now, my brother should not have kicked the piss off like he did, but, you know, he did end up sitting on the yellow line in the middle of the street. I know that. 
But uh, yeah, I, that, was, that was such a Sitting's weird. Sitting better than laying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was such a weird period of time there, right after the Vietnam. Well, you remember that, Ralphie? Oh yeah, Catherine. Weird. You remember it right after the war? You were pretty. You know, you were very young then. When did uh, I was when did the Vietnam War end? Sixty nine, I think. Was that the final year? Sixty eight, sixty nine. I thought it was early seventies. Uh, no, my Richard Nixon. Richard it was seventy five. What? Yeah. When Richard it ended Nixon. finally? Yeah. Oh, Richard my Nixon. God. Did. That was he's the one that did that. Yeah, it was yeah twenty years long. That's all. Yeah, it was twenty years wow. long. Oh, yeah, there yeah. you go. So wow, then. I didn't realize it was that long. But I mean, you were twenty. Or wait, no, you were sixteen when it ended. So you would have remembered. Well, I remember. I remembered my my brother was drafted. Um, one of my brothers had signed up for the military, and my other brother was drafted, but he didn't have to go because he had broken his leg so badly that he was how convenient no <laughs> that's real nice no it Likely was it was very very bad so he got a he got a medical whatever they call that when you don't have to go into the draft right. and mm -hmm. um my other brother didn't have to never went overseas that's lucky yeah, he stayed in yeah. Texas oh, as an X-ray technician. If I was going to get into the Vietnam War, I'd be like... Because they were bringing back the... I need a leg-sized wood chipper, please. <laughs> <laughs> Put your leg I'll make in there. the sacrifice so I don't have to go over there. Just yeah, cut so, it off. And we didn't really have anybody that went over there that was close to us. We didn't... Yeah. My cousins, nobody ended up over there. I don't know why. Yeah, my, my, my cousins went. My one cousin I was close to... Um, he came back and I was, and I was talked to him about it and he, he and he didn't want, he didn't talk about it much nor should he I mean I'm yeah. prime but he said uh, Vietnam you know Ralph that's a place to stay away from yeah <laughs> wouldn't recommend I suppose. it that, good that's idea a, that's a place to stay away from very good idea good Fair plan I suppose and I I kept my uh, student deferment solid man those A's there was I knew what those A's meant and I get uh, keep this mm. solid what was that really weird movie about Vietnam. Oh, Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh Apocalypse yeah. Now. That yeah. freaked yeah. me out watching that yeah. movie. That was really horrible. That's I, uh, uh, I had a got, well done movie. Yeah, it really was. I had gotten a hernia terrifying. from lifting weights, so I did not. I got drafted, but I didn't serve because I had a hernia. There you go. They say, my dad had weights. flat feet. That's What's how that? he got out of it. My dad had flat feet. That's how he got out of oh, it. Oh, yeah. Seriously, I have flat feet. I'm good to go. <clears throat> yeah. I'm also old enough but what, what? i don't think that they um at the time i think now that they'd let you go with flat probably yeah, yeah. They, yes. they throw a pair of orthotics at oh, you God, and say yeah. march soldier <laughs> yeah, exactly Bye. and i always I, what's funny is that my father was a marathon runner when i was a kid so that's why he had flat feet probably <laughs> uh, i don't know they thought he couldn't run far so that's why they he got excluded from the draft and his brother his oldest brother got excluded from the draft because he had asthma and then his um middle brother got excluded for a heart murmur. So all three brothers were lucky. There you go. <laughs> you are exempt from the draft uh, until once you turn 60, 26. Oh. So I've actually been exempt for almost a decade. I was going to say, there is absolutely no idea anyone would ever ask you to go to war. At 35 Andy? with all well, my with issues? With all your problems. No. no. Mm -hmm. Your attitude? Yeah. No. We've only got two minutes left, so I don't have a good attitude about it. We've only got two minutes left, so I just want to throw this in quickly. One thing that was very, very touching, and I'll never forget, is when the whole family went to Washington, D.C., and toured the White House. And it was, it was a great trip. The four of us went and had a wonderful trip. 
But looking at the Vietnam War Memorial and running into the names of four friends of mine or neighbors of mine that were killed in Vietnam, that was very touching. I remember I couldn't look at it for more than like four oh. minutes. I just started crying. I'm like, I'm out of here. I gotta I go. Know, I can't is. look at this. Looking at the Vietnam War Memorial. All of those tough, names man. just Woo. made me. Ugh. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's how I feel about the. Um, 9-11 memorial yeah. Freedom yeah. Tower. Yeah, yeah, because i oh, lived yes. in new york you know around that time and it's just mm. you know yeah. oh yeah dan tough. and i went when it was just the museum before the freedom tower was yeah. finished and open yeah. it was just the museum about everything and we just after we left we just sat and silently stared at the ground for yeah. probably half an oh, hour yeah. afterwards yep. just being Terrible. like Ugh. yeah did you yeah. and what, what about the water feature you saw that no, that wasn't well, open yet. Open yet when we went. It's very touching. It's a water feature where it's just a, the the water cascades from four sides just down, down into in the earth. Yeah. So yeah. And peaceful and sad all at once. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Kristen, thanks for leaving us all cheered up. Way yeah. to go. I know. From like murder to like depression. <laughs> to, <laughs> maybe to, I do need some what? of those SSRs. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're completing that modeling circle. I'm a for bundle us. of joy today. You are a bundle of joy, <laughs> sister. Welcome, everyone. But it's always so a pleasure. Thanks right a here. lot. We'll talk to you next week. Everybody, go and do something happy today. Go eat ice cream. Take a walk. Ooh, I like eating ice cream. Yeah, do that because bring some joy. We'll do it. Kristen, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. That's good. Bye bye. That Bye-bye. is going to do it. We will talk to you tomorrow with the family. <laughs>